And now, get ready for an exclusive look into the music industry with Behind the Mic host, Dylan Ingram. What's up, everyone? Welcome to this episode of Behind the Mic. I'm your host, Dylan Ingram, and I'm super pumped to have frontman from the country pop band Eddie and the Getaway, Eddie Eberly, with me today. Eddie, thanks for coming on. What's up, Dylan? Thanks for having me, brother. Appreciate you. So this is someone's very first time hearing of Eddie and the Getaway. Can you give us a quick elevator pitch of who you are? So, uh, I, yeah, I do, uh, you know, country rock, kind of something in between, you know, Nickelback, Creed, Goo Goo Dolls, and then what you hear on country radio, too. So if you're kind of that early 2000s rock vibe, or if you like that kind of newer pop country stuff, you're probably going to vibe with my music, and it's pretty in-your-face, raw rock and uh yeah that's that's kind of what you what you get what you see is what you get yeah so that, that's a good vibe and those are all some good people that you mentioned there and they have a lot of big fans so that's a really good sound and good genre to go for so you grew up both on modern country and pop rock so who were some of your musical influences growing up or any of those people that you just mentioned some people you listened to growing up or who were those musical influences yeah absolutely i mean i think my biggest influences of all time are probably you two and uh tom petty uh i just feel like they just changed the world with their music and and made music that was just relatable to all types of people. And then obviously I love the more hard rock stuff. I definitely grew up like listening to that grungy Nirvana type stuff all the way to, you know, Creed and Goo Goo Dolls. Um, And then, you know, listening to like Keith Urban and uh, obviously Morgan Wallen too now. He's great. And then Hardy on the harder stuff too. So kind of anything in between there is, is where I got my inspiration from. Yeah, a lot, a lot of good artists there and can definitely kind of hear some inspiration from those in the music that you got right now. So when did you first get into songwriting and singing when you were growing up? Uh, first time I got into songwriting and singing, I was probably 12 or 13 years old. I grew up in Arizona and there's a there's a scene there in the 90s that was like like the Jim Blossoms and their freshmen's and a bunch of like Dead Hot Workshop, a bunch of bands that were kind of had sticked around, you know, I stuck around after um, the whole scene had kind of dissolved, you know, once obviously the scene's only there for how, however long. But in the 90s, it was super prevalent, and I grew up listening to that music and, and playing with a lot of those bands, you know, when I was a little younger, you know, a couple years ago. And a lot of their music uh, kind of shed, you know, the inspiration out of me. And uh, so I started playing around in the scene there, uh, basically like 12 or 13 years old. Started playing in bars and festivals, started going down to Mexico a bunch um, and playing down there in high school and like sneaking over the border and doing doing stuff, you know, like not really sneaking over the border, but, you know, doing, you know, being told you're not supposed to be driving down with your three buddies and playing shows down there, but we did it anyway. And uh, kind of ever since then, I started writing songs and uh, moving to Nashville's definitely helped with that process too, because, you know, you're surrounded by the best people in the business, you know, and I'm, I'm lucky to call a lot of, a lot of the people that are really taken off right now uh some close friends and it's just it's cool because every day you wake up and you try to be better and you hear like what your buddy or something wrote and, like they text it to you so it's like very friendly competitiveness you know we're all trying to make each other better yeah some cool competition there trying to outdo each other in a sense but also being supportive so that, that's super cool so you were born in michigan raised in arizona like you just mentioned and you're now in nashville you moved to nashville at age 19 to pursue music so what sparked that initial move to nashville and what was that a adjustment like for you when you actually got to Nashville so when I was 19 it was my second 
you know, my second year at Arizona State, I was going there and I was, I was studying business and stuff. And um, I kind of just had like this effort moment where why not try it right now? Because, you know, I'd, I'd kind of been in between where you kind of get to that age where, you know, you're in a, in a college degree and it's like, dude, do something that's like a nine to five or do you go and chase your dream? And, and it was kind of like, I had kind of come to Jesus moment where it's like, you know, I need to try this thing out. So I moved and uh, it kind of worked out perfectly because everything got moved online because I moved the week before COVID started. So it was like Mar- March of 2020. And so I played a, moved out there for a college show or a college tour as well. So me and my drummer moved out there originally. And then uh, everything got shut down the next week. So we're like, all right, this is going to be interesting. He flew back to uh, Arizona and I kind of stayed out there for like three or four months before he came back. Um, So I got really good at ping pong and writing by myself because you weren't able to talk to anybody. And I didn't know a single person. I knew like maybe one person in Arizona or in uh, Nashville from Arizona. Uh, But it's cool. After that, I I met a lot of my buddies like Bo Bailey and Grant Barham. My buddies, Bay Zimmerman, like all these guys that have kind of become like my really good friends that are all doing music as well. David J, who I live with. But it's been it's been cool. I, I love it here in Nashville. It's a great spot. So let's drive, drive away, she said, I just wanna get lost today, so drive. Drive Away and Something to Believe In. Those were two of your early releases back in 2020, that year when you got there. So what was most surprising to you about the process of recording and releasing those that maybe you didn't know going in? Yeah, I mean, I think um, I think every song that I release, and like right now I'm actually, I'm at the studio like I told you before, but just kind of developing a sound and and trusting your gut when it comes to pushing the limits or, or you know, even if something's like, if something's not working, meaning it's not like getting out there, people are responding in that way like maybe thinking oh is that something that you know obviously not just trying to pander to it but also it's it's trying to stick true to your you know to your artistry but also figure out like what's going to speak to people the most so every song i've kind of like learned more about that and i feel like i'm not you know i might never know it perfectly until there's a number one song or something like that you know but yeah those early songs were fun because it was it was very like innocent i really had no idea what i was doing and i still don't know what i'm doing but i feel like i'm a little bit i have a little bit more knowledge so it's good I know a lot of artists when they're in the studio kind of have varying levels of input and stuff in the studio. How involved are you in the recording of your songs? Like as far as giving your input, like what instruments you want here or when you want it to build or so how involved are you or you kind of let a producer handle that? Yeah, so I'm, I mean, I'm probably on like the more involved side of things. Um, Like right now we're tracking uh guitars and uh like acoustic guitars, electric guitars, finishing up some drum stuff. And so, I mean, the producer I work with, his name's Brandon Manley. He's incredible. He's he's done some amazing records, has billboards and everything, you know, um, goal records and everything like that. But he's, I trust him 100% with like the creative process, but I also just love the process of doing it. So I'm definitely involved and it's a very like collaborative effort, but I do trust him 100% when it comes to like knowing what's best at the end, you know, because he's, he's done it. When you're in the studio building those songs, do you have a typical order like that you build stuff with? Do you start with like a click track, maybe some rhythm sections and then vocals first, last, or is it kind of different every time and kind of got to experiment? Yeah, it's, it's pretty similar every time when we're in the studio it's like 
we start off with, you know, a song I've written. And like for this song I wrote with uh, buddy Dave J. It's a song called Overdose. It's going to be my next release after Born to Run to You, which is the song that comes out January 20th. And I wrote it with my buddy David J, Cole Miracle, and Bo Bailey. And uh, I write a lot of my songs with those guys. And this song is like, all right, we had it. I showed it to Brandon. He loved it. I really loved it too. Because um, sometimes you show it to him. He's like, ah, maybe not. You know, because sometimes as a writer. Um, and then, you you know, you have a demo to a click track and then you start building out the drums then the guitars and then you'll take away the original vocal and the guitars and then you put the new ones in that sound better you know um that are thought out more and then the last thing's usually the vocal and then you send it off to mixing and mastering and then it's as a finished song since moving to nashville and getting several of these songs under your belt you talked about where your inspiration came from and who you listened to growing up but how would you describe the sound that you've created like for your music i would say it's probably a mix of of that 2000s raw in your face pop rock with like the storytelling of a Tom Petty or Morgan Wallen kind of thing where you know something I love about Morgan Wallen and Hardy and Ernest and all these guys and even Bay you know Bay Zimmerman that they they write songs that are real and that's something I've always tried you know I, I try to do you know write songs that are going to connect with people so it's it's kind of the storytelling of country but also has like that in your face of you know rock you know Co Wetzel kind of vibe too I, I love you know Co Wetzel that Texas Red Dirt seems very you know impactful in my writing as well Before the Sunrise is one of your singles that has seen significant success since its release in 2021. What do you remember about that one? Um, that was a funny one because uh, uh, I made a TikTok about it and it went a little viral. And then uh, I didn't know how to do a pre-save campaign, which is very essential to getting people to know that it's coming out that day. So I didn't do a pre-save campaign and it would have done a lot better if I would have just researched how to do that. Um, so it was like a learning curve. Like, oh, I almost had something like really big happen. And then it still did really well. But it, it was a it was a cool day because it was like my first song that connected with people. I got some DMs that were crazy about like, like this dude sent me a vi like a video of him like thanking me for, even though the song's about just like falling in love at like at a music festival. It was crazy because so many people like were like, thank you for this. And like this song made me realize that I will find love one day or gave me hope. You know, I was like, that's some heavy stuff. But it was really cool, man. It was, it was a great good time releasing that song well, how encouraging is that to you when you get messages from fans like that like you're, you're just making the music and it really speaks to these other people they're able to connect with it on another level how rewarding is that for you to get messages like that from fans yeah absolutely i mean it's super rewarding i mean the whole point of me doing music is because music has always been like a sort of therapy for me like when i write a song or put out a song or play a show it's like my favorite thing on earth and it gives me like a purpose to be here and i feel like when people connect with that I think it's like a full circle moment because I feel like, you know, like, I don't know if you're, you know, religious or anything, but for me, I am. And, and I believe that like God puts people on earth for, for reasons. And, you know, I can, if I can impact somebody in a positive way through my songs, like that's like such an amazing thing. As mentioned in the intro, you tour under the name Eddie and the Getaway. So what's the story behind that name, Eddie and the Getaway? Yeah, so uh, initially, so my name's Eddie Eberly, and it's spelled E-B-E-R-L-E, -E, but most people, when they see it or try to pronounce it, they say like Eberly or Eberle or whatever. So I was like, you know what? 
I'm going to just pick something easier. So, and I thought, cause you know, I, I had a band at the time that I was really, you know, stuck with. They were like my boys from high school. And so we changed it to Eddie and the Getaway and then ended up moving here. And then the guys moved back and I have a, I have a new band here in Nashville, but we ended up just keeping it because uh, the Getaway is like a lifestyle. It's like a, it's like a free, it's like freedom. You know, it's like being able to like escape from whatever you're going through in the day uh, and, and just like look, turn on, you know, one of my songs or come to a show or uh, just do something like that. And you'll feel like a certain way. So it's, it's like an escape. And I wanted to have something that sounded a little different, too. There's not a lot of like country rock artists that sound like that. And also I'm, I guess, Eddie in the getaway or my band, me and, me, me and my band or whatever. So it's always like a funny conversation starter. So I said, screw it. Got to keep it in too deep to change it now. Is I'm scared to really let you go. Another one of your releases, this is from last year, and this is actually my personal favorite song of yours, is Weren't the One. What's the story of that one? Dang. Um, yeah, that's cool. I'm glad you like that one, bro. Appreciate it. Um, yeah, I, I wrote that song with uh, my buddy Gavin Lucas and Bo Bailey. And we wrote it after, so I had, a, I had like a two-year relationship before I, uh, me and my ex-girlfriend broke up. And uh, it's basically that kind of mindset where... You know, you, you end a relationship and you just hope that you made the right decision to, to end it. And you never really know. And that's why I hope you weren't the one. Like, it's like, it was really real at the time when I wrote it. It was like a really special song. And, and uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's just one of those real breakup songs where it's the doubt in between of when you're not quite over somebody. And so that was kind of where it came from. So it's everything in that in that song. And I'm pretty much all my songs are like very real. Like that was a direct, I remember exactly why I felt that way. And I was with my buddy and we're like let's write this song so yeah well, that was a super powerful one i know a lot of people are able to connect to that and that's just another one of those special songs so as a touring musician you've been on the road a lot on your website it says you've played over 450 shows to date still counting and i'm sure you're not planning on stopping anytime soon but over the course of these shows you've played direct support for artists such as alice cooper brett michaels and many more so some pretty big time names there what are some of your most memorable shows that you've played so far i would say one of the coolest ones so I I be I've become like decently friends with uh with Brett and and I went to school with his daughters too and they were some of my good friends. Rain was one of my good friends, his oldest daughter. And uh I've ended up playing, I opened for him at uh Arizona Bike Week and then he pulled me up at the end of his show to sing a kiss song with him. And I think I was like seventeen and it was just like pretty wicked. There's probably like five and a half thousand people and I was jazzed. I don't remember anything of it because I was so like stoked. So I kinda like blacked out, I think, or something. So it was cool. It was really
months ago, you were on a local Arizona TV station that you grew up watching. You got interviewed and played your newest single, Wild American Boys. So that's such a cool full circle moment for you. Walk me through what that experience was like. Yeah, I mean, uh, it, it's been really cool because um, there's a lot of bands that I grew up on that were like super big influences for my music uh, that were like in the music scene. And I remember seeing them go and playing on like on that channel on everything, Channel 5. And, you know, Bobby Joe, who's the, the one who set it up, who produces that segment, she's kind of been like a supporter of my music over the last few years. And it just kind of like worked out that I was in town um, and the song was coming out and it was just it was really cool. So um, it's definitely full circle and it's really early. And I was I was uh, kind of hung over that morning. So it was, I think it was like six to get the place like I'd like no voice. And I was like, crap, I get the shot and I have no voice and I'm hung over. And then I like, you know, drank some tea and like voice came back. So I was stoked. It was super cool. So I put the pedal down, pedal down. I hit the road and I'm turning round, turning round. I'm crying tears up on this highway shoulder. Turning the lights are holding on and closure. Yeah, I put the pedal down, pedal down. Not needing nothing, man, I'm heading south, heading south. I couldn't be all that you wanted. You let this bedroom haunt it and damn, it's like a ghost town. The final song of yours that I wanted to highlight in your current top song on Apple Music is Pedal Down. Did you know that that song was going to be something special or was that one that kind of caught you off guard by the success of it? I would say that that was a song that I really loved and it was the first time I'd actually met Max or, or Eamon who are some of my really good buddies now and uh, we just kind of had this idea of like, like there's no better feeling than to just like get in a car and like just drive when you're like not feeling yourself. At least for me, like just turn it radio and just jamming tunes again lost in like the music and the wind and everything driving fast but i kind of knew it was a special song because i felt like you know with working with brandon my producer it was the first time that we kind of felt like we found the sound and like going forward like with my next two songs i'll be releasing in the next like one coming out in two weeks and then the other coming out uh you know in march um i felt like it was the first time i found the sound that i've been like looking for my whole like artist career i guess which is that mix of that that like edgy rock with like the countryside of the relatability and everything so it was a really cool it was a really cool song, and, and I definitely felt like if, you know, TikTok was willing, that it should do all right, and it and it did do all right, which is cool. So so you mentioned TikTok there. You have a large following on social media, and you use your social media platforms, especially TikTok, to promote your music like lots of artists have begun doing and found success doing. So what can you say about what social media has done for your career so far as far as growing your fan base and creating anticipation for those new releases? So what you, what would you say social media has done for your career? Uh, I think social media has given me just like a kind of a key to the door a little bit. You know, I think before, like I'm a dude that's from from Arizona that's like nobody in my family has any musical ties. You know, like no one's played music. No one has like a friend who's a record label executive or anything like this. So it's been like very cool to like prove it because a lot of the music industry is there's like almost like there's key people that kind of hold the key to a lot of the different avenues to get your music out there. And, and social media has been like an avenue that like anybody who's anyone can, can kind of make something happen. But it's also been like tough because one of my TikTok accounts that I grew to like over 150,000 followers uh, about like seven or eight months ago got like shadow banned because I posted a video of me longboarding behind my van and singing and it flagged me for like aggressive act. So I just started a new account. But you know what it's also taught me is like resilience and just keep pushing through, you know, keep finding, finding out how to, how to get your music out there. 
and I feel like good songs get out there eventually. Oh, for sure. Yeah, if the, if the music's good, the, they're going to recognize it. You're absolutely right. So taking a step away from music now, outside of music, what are some other hobbies that you enjoy? I love uh, I love anything outdoors. Uh, I definitely like like thrill type of things. So I could imagine spending like 10 grand to get a, you know, skydiving suit and like parachute and everything. Like I would love to do that. I've gone skydiving a couple of times and that's been like something that's super cool. I love like fishing, dirt biking. I like surfing a lot, you know, growing up in Arizona. I used to go out there a lot and do it. I'm still not as good at surfing as I'd like to. I'd like to be. You know, every time I I get out, I only surf like once or twice a year. Um, but yeah, I mean, I I love doing anything outdoors and just feeling like you know free. Those are kind of like my favorite things. I'm born to run, turn these miles into inches between us. I put a knife through the distance for this love. I catch a plane, I ride a train. You've got two new releases coming up by the time people hear this episode. They're going to be out, Overdose and Born to Run to You. What do you want people to know about these singles? Yep, uh, I got a song called Born to Run to You uh, on January 20th that comes out. Uh, a song about, you know, being on the road, being away from that person that you love and just knowing that if any time they needed you, um, that you're always going to be there for them. So it's a really, like, powerful song. It's a, and, you know, it comes from, you know, like a real place. And I think a lot of people will, will relate to it because I think long distance is tough, you know, and, and all that stuff. You made me want the song called Overdose. It'll be coming out in March at some point. And uh, that song's about, it's pretty pretty heavy, but it's about wanting to, you're feeling like you're dying basically because of how bad a breakup is. You know, and it's a real, it's a heavy song. It's a pretty deep song. I'm gonna like keep the lyrics to the listeners so that they just can absorb it they, the way they want. But I'm really excited about it. That'll be, you know, coming out soon. New music pretty much every like six or seven weeks. And uh, we're going to keep on rolling, brother. As far as those new releases and any time that you're on the road or anything, what's the best way for fans to engage with you, get those updates about when the new stuff's coming? Yeah, uh, follow me on, uh, you know, all socials at Eddie and the Getaway. Um, you also can look at my website or Spotify. All my shows are posted up there too. Uh, and Bands in Town uh, for shows as well. So uh, yeah, you can check it out that way. Yeah, so make sure to go check out Eddie on social media. Stay up to date. Everything he's got coming on. New songs coming out, like you said, consistently over these next few months. So definitely want to stay up to date stream his music that he's already got out on all streaming platforms apple music spotify and if he's anywhere near you gotta go see him out on the road playing those shows gonna be a good time but eddie thanks again for coming on i appreciate you having me dylan thanks so much that was behind the mic with dylan ingram make sure to stay tuned for future episodes